thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to Wellness Women Radio with women's health experts, Dr. Ashley Bond, the pregnancy and birthing guru, and the queen of hormone imbalances, the period whisperer herself, Dr. Andrea Huddleston. They're raising the bar for women's health by bringing you the most up-to-date health and wellness information to live your best life. Now, onto the show. This episode of Wellness Women Radio is very proudly brought to you by Dinner Twist. Dr. Ashley and I want to let you in on a little secret of how we maintain our healthy whole foods lifestyle with very little time. And one of those ways is actually with Dinner Twist. So they plan, they shop, they deliver everything to our door to take all of the guesswork out of having really healthy meals for dinner each night. Um, I love Dinner Twist because they are a locally family-owned business here in Perth in Western Australia, and all of their produce is locally sourced and seasonal. So they are really invested in all of their suppliers as well, which is absolutely amazing. Everything is so fresh. Uh, Ashley and I both get the Wholesome Box, which is naturally gluten and dairy-free as well, and is very consistent with a paleo-type lifestyle as well. Uh, so it's, you know, completely consistent with, you know, the way that we want to eat and want to feed our loved ones too. This is also how I trick Dean into thinking that I can actually cook. So seriously, if I can do it, everybody can trust me. And their recipes are so delicious. They also have other options apart from the wholesome box. So they have a family box for bigger size families an express box. If you're really short on time, uh, as well as a vegan box too. Now, we would love to give you the opportunity for you to actually try Dinner Twist and realize how healthy, how delicious and how fresh it is, but also how much easier this is going to make life as well. So we have a special promo code for you, and that is going to give you $35 off your first box. And that is WWR for Wellness Women Radio. Um, So we would love you to uh, try for yourself. Don't take my word for it, but let me know what you think. Without further ado, ladies, onto the show. So let's just start today's episode with the uh, idea that sex is a really important part of our life. And, uh, you know, some women thinking about sex starts really early. It can be often before puberty. And sometimes, you know, to our last day on earth, it might be the last thing a woman thinks about. But, you know, at some level, every one of us is driven by a sort of hormonal desire, hormonal need for sexual experiences. And, you know, having a look at Australian statistics, we, you know, found that uh, two thirds of women are experiencing some degree of sexual difficulty. You know, as many as 50% are indicating a lack of interest in having sex and, you know, up to 21% unable to climax. And that was a, a longitudinal study um, of over two and a half thousand women. So it's obviously a really important topic, which is why today Dr. Andrew and myself have uh, invited on board the beautiful Rebecca from Sexy Land to give us some information just to uh, the inside workings of women's sexual health and uh, some of the industry experiences and some of the ways in which uh, they're helping to, you know, support women through times of challenge and also to upgrade their, their sexual experiences in life, which I think it's really, really important given that every woman should uh, include, you know, sexual health as part of their self-care ritual as as far as we're aware. <laughs> Andrea, mm. hey. Yeah. Hi, Rebecca. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Hello. Um, Thank you for inviting me. Rebecca, why do you think that women paying attention to their sexual health should be part of their own sort of self-care or self-love ritual? Can you sort of unpack that a little bit for us? 
Look, I think it's a great question. And look, if I could say coming back from 20 years till now, uh, there is something that's significantly changed. It's an awareness and a willingness to discuss it. Um, 20 years ago, you'd have um, like husbands or partners coming in to speak for the female. A female couldn't even actually talk about it. And you just think, I mean, it's only 20 years ago. And so that's quite significant. And uh, today, a lot of younger women uh, will come in and actually want to discuss, but there's still a, a huge gap um, between uh, pleasure and wellness. So there's, um, but yet we find that they're this one and the same. So why can't people have both things? Why are they separating them? Why is this like um, sex is something that you do and, oh, it's just for fun? But um, it should be also looked at at something what we have found through our research that most people are looking for is connectedness, connectedness to yourself and connectedness to a person. Or so, and especially, I guess, during lockdown, when people can't even travel to see their partners, it definitely shines why um, that this, you know, with health and wellness, it should, it should be looked at as the one and the same. So there's a long way to go, definitely. But we've certainly come, uh, at least women can actually have a conversation, whereas before we found that um, a male would have to do it for them. I love that you mentioned that idea of wellness, you know, in regards to sexuality and sexual health, because isn't it so true that, um, you know, to enjoy a sexual experience, it just requires these incredible connections between our sex organs, between our hormone producing glands, between the brain and really between the rest of the body. And there's that huge, you know, physical, psychological, um, there's interpersonal and there's social factors, like you've mentioned there, you know, the fact that our disconnected society right now because of lockdowns is really impacting um, people's experiences of sexual health and that's something that you know we've we've had a chat about um here on the show before and just you know how people can increase their connection what have you found to be something you know in terms of your industry adapting to the needs of these new connections that are required to i guess meet the needs of women in a time of great uncertainty and a great challenge a lot of the products that are the new products that are coming out actually a um are products that can uh connect couples when they are a distance and it's actually because if you've got many people that could be traveling overseas that's where it actually began but during in lockdown you can actually purchase pleasure products that have uh, app controlled and so therefore you could connect with your partner uh, with a pleasure product together simultaneously and you can program the product whereas before you would have just a sort of set and forget programmings on the uh, controls of a product. Today with apps, you can actually create the own rhythms, vibrations. Um, you're basically creating your own pleasure product perfectly suited to yourself and your partner. So and that would, I, I would say that would be, yeah, and from a distance, and from a distance, like uh, this product could be operated um, from uh, at the moment, if you lived in Brisbane, <laughs> you could be connecting with your partner in Melbourne. Even though borders are locked, uh, the products can travel across borders. <laughs> you can get it um, in Melbourne. You can get a product today delivered from Sexyland in two hours. So you could uh, effectively say, hey, do we want to hook up for a date? I might not be able to come over, but I could get a product sent to you in two hours and, and the product would be an app-controlled product. So it's um, it would be, a, I guess, a a hamper that you'd look forward to knocking at your door. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. 
And I guess that's something too that just shows the the needs we have of these bonds and these connections. And we have to reach beyond, you know, isolation. We have to reach beyond the physical distancing that's being experienced. But, you know, sex can be so much more than just that, that physical, you know, experience of uh, contact. So I, I tend to find that, you know, with regards to sexual experience, it's not just about the pleasure aspect, is it? It's really, you know, maintaining good emotional and, and social connections to each other, which, you know, obviously the psychological aspect of um, sexual well-being. With regards to your experiences um, as an industry in terms of, uh, I guess, the most common sexual health dysfunctions that women would come in, what what are some of the concerns that women present with say, look, you know, I'm experiencing this because it's not always just about finding sex toys, is it? It's really about trying to address, you know, certain needs or certain health concerns that are limiting their positive experience of sex. The most common probably, and we find it's it's a shame because women are, are misinformed as well, but they feel they don't realise over their life um, span that they will experience different sorts of dysfunctions so it could be anything from sex used to be fantastic but uh, suddenly it is not fantastic anymore Um, and it could be in a a time frame of a couple of a year or two and it could just simply be like from vaginal dryness so women could be experiencing more stress Um, they might not be aware of why this is happening they don't understand Um, they don't know where to go for the information so they will come into a store uh, looking for a lubricant, not understanding why they, you know, that they've become that way. Uh, the myth would be, oh, it's menopausal, but now we have young women coming in um, with this condition. So it's not. It's I think the the normalising that we go through different stages, uh, and also that we'll have many women as well coming in that that'll find from different stages, whether it's after childbirth or. Um, they're just completely uh, exhausted or tired after childbirth as well, and then we'll find that they're they're not they're disinterested, uh, and they don't understand what happened. So where is their libido gone? Um, it used to be great, or they can't actually find uh, sexual satisfaction anymore. Um, and there could be women that have never found it, and they don't know what's wrong with them. So we go through a journey of um, of showing products and exposing products that are available. Mm-hmm. I think it would be safe to say that um, a lot of the products, although they sound gimmicky, uh, the products, especially when you're looking at, um, I don't know, say it could be a pelvic floor product that is there that helps um, with your health and wellness, uh, but also the product does offer some pleasure in that too. And I guess it's kind of like um, we've found that if you combined fun in something that's with health, people are more likely to probably continue and progress with it and don't feel that it's such a chore. And it also sort of deflects from that there's something wrong with them and allows them to enjoy the process. And also we try to have a, you know, have a lot of products that we uh, will recommend that are participative if they're uh, in a relationship that they can involve too. Mm, Most women we find want to connect. They definitely... um, uh, want to be able to share the experience. Yeah, that's just because we're just so giving. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, Rebecca, I I personally believe that every good women's health practitioner should care that their patients are able to have good sex. And I, I don't mean, um, you know, like getting details or all of those sorts of things, but are able to actually experience pleasure and have 
an orgasmic capacity because that's certainly an underpinning of reproductive health as well. Um, and what I would love to know is, I guess, what do you wish sort of all women could know about about sex or about their own sort of pleasure and especially young women? Like what do you wish that they knew about this? I think the number one thing would be that uh, what you like is not necessarily what somebody else likes and that we need to probably stop um, shaming or pleasure shaming. That would probably be the number one. Um, a lot of things uh, uh, which women um, would say that they like uh, sometimes they're so embarrassed to say that they even like that. You wouldn't, we don't normally find that same stigma with males. Mm -hmm. um, it's completely opposite, actually. They're quite open and, and can express what they like, what they don't like without shame. But many women we find have to overcome that, which probably puts um, for them to be able to achieve pleasure if they're being judged from the way that they're, you know, they're. Uh, finding that connection with themselves and the way that they receive that is already putting up barriers. So that would probably be um, the number one thing that what you like and what somebody else likes. It's not a it, it's not a um, a recipe. There's nothing that uh, we can actually just give to somebody to say, hey, this is uh, your forte. It worked for me. It's going to work for you. It's completely personal. Mm -hmm. So what you like and what somebody else likes uh, is an individual need. Um, that's why we have uh, I guess people would say well how could you um sex and have thousands and thousands of lines why why would you need to be known as the bunnings of the bedroom why why is that there why are there thousands and thousands of um you know, sexual pleasure products and it's because there are a different certain product for all of us there's something that we'll find and certainly there are the more popular ones um, that we could certainly, you know, say these are the, the best sellers and we know that these items get sold in thousands and thousands of units. But then there'll also be, because we've got all different uh, nationalities or different um, sexual orientations, there's going to need to be products that cater to everybody and not just a vanilla type of product that's saying that's that's the correct product that you're allowed to use. So, so judgment, I think women are judged and controlled through that judgment and I would like to remove that so then they could have the opportunity to explore what they like and find a perfect formula for them. Yeah, okay, I like that. And I do think that um, uh, times are changing and that younger women these days are certainly a lot more clued up about these sorts of things. Oh, without a doubt. I can honestly say that uh, younger women coming through uh and you're happy about it. Um, if anything, it, it motivates myself within my position to think, well, uh, we must have done something right, all of us together, uh, to empower women to be able to even um, broach topics without shame and just to say, look, I'm I'm uh, looking for something for me. I'm not doing to, you know, sort of know what it is, but this is kind of what I like and what I don't like. And then we can find a, a product for them. There, there's still a bit of a barrier, though, on understanding their life's journey and um, that we will go through different phases and then how do you address that. So when a female does go into sort of a problem area, she's also afraid of judgment in that too, that there's something wrong with her. So I do feel that that probably needs to be a little bit, like a lot more educated. Um, and Rebecca, what do you mean by that? Um, when you say uh, a problem area, what, what do you mean by that? 
Well, I find a lot of, um, when it comes to sexual health, there's a lot of products that are out there uh, and it's certainly discussed with males. Mm -hmm. So there will be impotence products, there will be impotence medications, there will be a huge amount, array of products when there's a male dysfunction. And uh, But when it comes to a female dysfunction um, or just to, to be it's just a normal part of what happens to a female's anatomy, that's not, I don't feel that that's uh, as openly discussed. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, well, that's just what she's going through. She just needs to deal with it. And, in fact, it's not. Whereas you would never have that for a male. It would be, it's understood that a, a male's sexual need is an ingredient for their life that's important. But yet for some reason for women it's not perceived as important that, um, oh, we, we'll, we'll be fine, we can just get through that stage and we'll be just okay. But, um, but no, I guess silencing, um, you know, women with that sort of education is probably not the right way to go, is it? <laughs> I and, find it disempowers. Yeah, okay. And, um, Rebecca, for example, um, something that comes to mind is, is potential like pelvic floor dysfunction, maybe um, because of, uh, you know, all sorts of different conditions or it could mm-hmm. just be after difficult birth or um, postnatally or, or things along those lines. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, so it's uh, I'm referring to pelvic floor because sometimes women can become a little bit incontinent with that as well. So therefore they're feeling, uh, it, it, I guess it just um, compounds uh how they feel sexually about themselves. Um, they're very embarrassed about it. They don't really know what to do or where to do or how to discuss. And um, we find that sometimes, you know, women in relationships, their understanding from the other side is not uh, there as well. It's just that there's something wrong with them. But in fact, these things are very normal. Um, also, when women are, uh, we've found that um, when they're going through menopause, um, their pelvic floor does go through some changes too again. And so we find that. Um, Again, with incontinence, uh, women aren't feeling um, as uh, sort of sexual. But uh, we look at lots of other products that we can, that they can experience connectedness with themselves and with their partner. And um, I think it's fabulous that uh, you ladies are there to discuss these topics. Like I think that um, women definitely need the discussion that it's normal, that these things happen to all women. Um, and the, I guess the other part we find is with a lot of stress-related things, with uh, especially with COVID-19, women are finding um, low libido or if they're homeschooling, they're very stressed. And so they want to find, uh, I guess, some sort of you know, sexual gratification with their partners or with themselves and they're also finding that um, is put out the last, as a last priority for them. Um which, again, uh, why should women always be the one that that, um, that suffer? Like, I mean, why are women always the ones that that goes as, as the last priority? So I feel that that needs to be put just as, as important as a male's. Um, and, Rebecca, just before we sort of finish up, I would you have got some really incredible pelvic floor um, devices that I think all women would be interested in that are... Um, you know, can be app-based and give real-time feedback. And can you just kind of talk us through those a little bit, please? Because I think that they're absolutely amazing. Yes, we do. We have everything from uh, uh, like a system of weights, which would actually um, start you off from at a beginner's weight and then it moves all the way through to a, uh, you know, a more 
weighted product to help with your pelvic floor strengthening. But um, but some of the products that you're talking that give you real-time advice, that would be the EV. The EV uh, is one of our products that actually measures and um, think of it like a smartwatch, how you put a smartwatch on and that it actually tracks your progress and it gives you feedback on that. That's what the EV does. Like So this particular product... Um, you would place an insert as an exercise regime and it works with you to, to let you know how your progress has. Um, and it also makes recommendations on um, to increase time frame and fit. It's, it's basically like a fitness product for your pelvic floor. So, yes, we've got um, app-compatible products that work like a, a smartwatch <laughs> um, for your pelvic floor. And uh, we also have products that... Um, they almost look like a dilator, I would say, and they also will track um, pelvic floor strengthening. It would send pulses and help you and it teaches you and trains you how to, almost like a, um, an exercise regime telling you when to respond your pelvic floor. So it would be letting you know when to clench, when to relax, um, how long to hold the clench for. Um, so definitely um, they're like an exercise regime, and um, but it's giving you feedback, whereas a lot of women that are doing uh, if you just uh, went for a, a, like I guess in the, um, the more traditional pelvic floor products, it wouldn't be, you would have to sort of think, am I doing well? I'm not too sure. How am I progressing? Is my pelvic floor strengthening? I don't know. Um, I think it is. Uh, but in fact, um, the products would be actually allowing you and working with you and helping you and giving you advice, um, I guess, like uh, representing <laughs> yourselves there, wouldn't it? <laughs> Um, and, and can I just say with this pelvic floor, uh, a lot of, and I guess you'd probably be hearing this all the time, a lot of women don't recognise too, but a healthy pelvic floor actually helps their uh, sexual enjoyment. Uh, that's what we've found too. They don't actually recognise that as one and the same. They are, are not understanding that. In fact, yes, I'm sure it, it does help with um, health and wellness, uh, with incontinence and and. Um, but also certainly it, um, the muscle uh, is the same muscle that gives you pleasure. So it also um, we find that they don't recognise or, or um, I guess it's just a lack of education. That's probably the, the biggest myth. We find many women are just completely surprised. They have no idea about uh, that. Yeah, I think that's a great thing that you've mentioned about that pelvic floor function and its relationship to sexual experience, the sensation um, experiences as well. Because I know that through my pregnancy, the second one, I've definitely had some pelvic floor dysfunction seeking help from a women's health physio. And it's been so interesting that there's equally issues with overactive pelvic floor as there is underactive. There's always this assumption that the pelvic floor is underactive, but overactivity of the pelvic floor could create sexual pain, create you know a lot of other different experiences that lower our libidos as well. So it's great that you mentioned some of these things that have feedback. I just have to ask you, do you have one of those like game console app um, biofeedback ones? I've got one of my clients who came in, she goes, you have no idea. I just bought this cool thing. And it, like, I have it like a video game on my computer, on my phone, and it's, it's got a feedback. And she's like, as I do my things, I have to like jump obstacles and do stuff. She's like, <laughs> and she's absolutely all right. And she's telling me how much. So it just shows you how far 
you know, the idea of women's sexual health has evolved, that we can make it fun for women, that we can turn it into like a game, so to speak, that it's not taboo, that it's become normalized. And I think, you know, it's just really great that companies like yours are helping to support that normalization of really healthy, you know, sexual exploration, because we are so far beyond the days of sex being something that it just simply is a hormonally driven body function for procreation, you know, to help Mm -hmm. uh, evolve the species on this planet. It's, you know, it should be more about, you know, pleasure and activity and, um, you know, everything from the evolution of uh, the vibrator coming from, you know, a doctor curing hysteria in women. Uh, we've clearly moved a long way. So, you know, thanks to, to your team for obviously the things that uh, you do and the research you provide and the support and feedback you provide to, you know, women's health um, research facilities as well, because that sounds like that kind of information, that feedback can really help to drive direction of research and inquiry as to what women actually need because sometimes those those questions are not asked but in in an environment like the one you provide which is safe and open women can actually explore and and discuss the big things that uh that matter to them so i'm really glad we had a chat today because it's nice to hear that there's companies out there that uh, are completely and fully devoted to the well-being and sexual health of women Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much for inviting me. I think that it's um, if it actually gets education and uh, supports women's uh, sexual well-being, I think it's fantastic. I mean, um, to to even have the opportunity to to discuss that there's so much more than just um, a single product for everybody is a huge progressive thing. I, yeah. I mean, I we could sit there and just have a conversation, which we started before, just on lubricant. Like I could sit there. Um, and go on and on about that most women just think that there's just one lubricant that they've seen in a supermarket and if that's not good for them then then there must be again there's no lubricant for them but in fact um, we have thousands of lubricants and uh, there's actually again everybody's different and um, there's their body reacts to different things and uh, and just because there's something that's on there um, you know supermarket floor and that wasn't that didn't work for them it doesn't mean that there's not something out there for them so thank you I think this has been great and Rebecca where can um, our listeners find out more about you and Sexyland uh, if you about Sexyland or sexyland.com.au you can go to the website we actually have our fun specialists that have a live chat so they can actually ask any questions and um, they can also call our 1-800 one thing with Sexyland is that we do recommend that uh, you to have the opportunity to speak to somebody just like you wouldn't go uh, I guess in a pharmacy and just pick up a product off the shelf without actually seeking advice on that we definitely recommend that and that's the difference between Sexyland stores we have as I said a huge quantity of staff that are there ready to actually um the live chat if you'd like to do that or call um and uh, also go into a store we also have um so to be 16 stores because there'll be two new stores opening up in Adelaide shortly so um, there will be more stores around and uh, hopefully we'll get some stores in um, Queensland shortly as well. And, and, then, I- and then and then over to Western Australia, which I know you <laughs> ladies are there. <laughs> I think it's great as well that you can um, make it fun for women as well. And as you, you know, host uh, the ladies only nights, which is fantastic because it just creates a supportive and safe environment for women to have a laugh and obviously to, to normalize um, sexual health and wellbeing. So yeah, great job team uh, Sexy Land. And thank you, Rebecca, so much for talking to us today. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. Good to talk. All right. So ladies, you've there's a whole new world of um, toys, devices, products, whatever it is that, you know, you want to look at. Um, and I'm sure there's, you know, different flavors for or 
different whatever it is for everybody. There's there's something for everybody. <laughs> so, you know, um, go get creative. Um, but other than that, here are just some things that you can do to help to improve libido. Um, and because 70% of the time the libido issues are driven by hormonal imbalances, obviously that's going to be step one. So looking at the hormonal drivers of that, um, making sure you're working with a really amazing women's health practitioner who knows how to test and interpret those things and then can put into place a bit of an action plan for that and obviously doing a really thorough check of your hormones as well. Ash, at the start of the episode, you were talking about things like thyroid function and everything. So, yes, all very, very important. Um, I would wholeheartedly encourage you to start to look into things like um, pelvic floor exercises so even the good old like kegels or looking at yoni eggs and everything else to help to improve blood flow to the reproductive organs which is only going to help improve hormonal um, production um, particularly estrogen from the area as well Um, i like to encourage patients to give themselves time um, to, you know, like obviously nurture and honor themselves and obviously, you know, working on that communication and connection with yourself or your partners is, is one of the most important sort of, um, I guess, determinants of, um, like a healthy sexual relationship. Um, what else? I'm a big, big believer of increase your rest and decrease your stress. And oh, so always. if we yes. can you know, increase quality sleep and decrease our stress responses, then sometimes that's all it is. It's just simply giving, like you said, time, giving ourselves more time to look after ourselves and our, meet our needs, you know, first and foremost, primary needs like good sleep and stress reduction, you know, drop that cortisol down. Um, but I think, you know, ultimately the way I feel about this episode today is that if women are not happy with where they're at with their sexual desire or their sex life, we should all feel really empowered to do something about it. You know, we should feel that we can speak up, that we can ask for help, that we can seek resources. We can, you know, have our hormone profiles tested to check that there's not some underlying reason for it. Um, we can consider the possibility of counseling, therapy, you know, even sexology, anything that is going to make us feel like we can become the very best version of ourselves, not just in the physical sense, but in our emotional and sexual experiences in life as well, because that's part of who we are. Um, and obviously, you know, repressing that that desire and that need um, to feel fulfilled is something that will ultimately not serve us in the long term. So to be open and to be, you know, able to to talk about these things is something I think hopefully this episode today has given every woman the opportunity. That's really probably what I wanted to do you know today I thought I just hope people just want to talk about this a bit more like yeah okay cool like I get that like it's you know it's not always just that I have to be switched on all the time it's just there's times in life when I will be there's times in life when I won't be but if I keep seeking that you know support that happiness and finding whether it's with a partner with myself with whatever you know fulfilling that sexual need and uh, I love this idea of starting to think about updating our own sexual programming. And that just mm. means that looking at the, I guess, the beliefs that we have around all of this and where they've come from as well and does that need to be updated. Yes, there's all sorts of herbs and supplements and everything else that can help to support hormonal balance and improve libido on women and everything else, but that's definitely a masterclass and we will cover that, um, you know, in another episode. Um, but, ladies, I think, that's, I think that's a good enough start. Cool. Well, I say get out there and have more fun. <laughs> yep. More sex, more fun, more orgasms, all of the above. 
And it is, and it really is like a use it or lose it principle. So um, the more you have, the more, um, I guess, the more attention you pay pay to it, the easier it's going to be. And it kind of, um, it's like opening that, Pandora's box. I guess I'm using absolutely terrible euphemisms here, but you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Totally get it. I think our listeners get it too. All right, ladies, good night, good day, good morning, wherever you are in the world. It might be uh, time to have fun or it might be time to get on with work. Who knows? But (laughs) have an awesome day. So you've been listening to Wellness Women Radio. This is Dr. Ashley and Dr. Andrea, and uh, we're raising the bar on women's health. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Rebecca for joining us today. And until next week, be well. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.